Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Well, I know for me, it was the easiest thing to rip off the band-aid of procrastination to start getting my message out there. And if you haven't heard about Anchor already, which I'm sure many of you have if you're looking, listening to my show, it is the free tool that makes podcasting for anyone super easy. Like I said, it's free. There are tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. This was a game changer for me because I absolutely had no excuse not to get it done. Anchor will also distribute your podcast so that you can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many more. What I love about it is that you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. This is a game changer for us beginning podcasters to actually start driving some revenue from putting our message out there. It's really everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome back, guys, to the Reminder Remedy. I'm your host, Alina Conley, and this is episode number four and the second segment to my featured series called My Circle. I decided to do this series because I wanted to be able to let you all network with some of my friends. I personally feel like I have some of the coolest people on the planet in my circle and I always tell people in my coaching programs on my team how although lateral networking can be amazing you can meet some um, some successful people who will definitely help you steer in the right direction it's nothing like looking to your left and your right and really building with your friends your colleagues people that were in the same year as you at school and so today we will actually get a chance to meet one of my closest friends chloe williams so you are in for a treat today hello Hello, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. I have to figure out, you know, I'm like not a technological person, but I'm well. <laughs> I'm excited because I actually, um, this is my first time using this feature. So hopefully everything goes well and we can stick with Anchor. But thank you for hopping on. Of course, of course. Thank you for having me. Okay, so this is our second episode of a series that I started kicking off um, called My Circle. And the reason why I decided to do this series is because personally, I just feel like I'm so blessed to be able to have such dope people in my circle. Wouldn't you agree? Don't we have like the dopest friends? Yeah. When you asked me to do this, I was like, yo, she could probably like do like a thousand of these. Like just the people that <laughs> no, I'm like with. legit. I have three pages of people that are like, close friends that I think could do really well but you know one of the things that um, I didn't even realize was that there are a lot of people who um, unfortunately are just not in a position to be able to look to their circle for advice Um, and so they're having to do more networking and I'm finding that a lot of women particularly are looking to network and build authentic relationships with people who are kind of in the same place they are in life really trying to level up whether it's in their career whether it's just, you know, when it comes to people who are recently married or motherhood. And so I say, hey, I'm going to do you one better and introduce you to my friends. So this is kind of a a virtual introduction to (laughs) all of my listeners and people that are in my coaching program to really just um, get a taste of what all of my friends have to offer. So just so you guys can get a brief introduction, 
Um, Chloe is the Director of Communication and Public Relations for Revolt Media and TV. That is her official title. Um, she's also her mother's only daughter. They have a beautiful relationship. She's a friend to many. She's a fashion fiend, um, not to mention she's a family rattler, a mogul, and she is recently engaged to Jose DeVerge. And most of all, she's my best friend. So thank you again for hopping on. Um, how are you feeling? Are you excited? Are you nervous? Oh, I'm good. I feel like this is just like me talking on the phone to you. Like, Yeah, yeah <laughs> so exactly. I'm not, ner- I'm not nervous, but I'm excited because I think this is a great platform for people to you know, um, hear about other women's journeys and how they got to where they are and just like everyday women who are like hustling and just being, you know, bosses. So I'm excited. Okay. Well, let's just jump right in. So the first thing that I want to talk about is I just want to really give the people an idea of who's on the line. So could you just give us a little bit of your backstory and kind of talk about um, maybe where you're from, um, a little bit of what you do now, and just all the things relevant to who is Chloe Williams? Um, Sure. So I'm originally from the south side of Chicago, born and raised. Um, by a single mom, as you mentioned, um, and, you know, really raised by my family and my mom. It was a village that raised me. Um, and then I went to Florida A&M, as you mentioned as well. And then I met you like, what, two weeks in, into our freshman year. Mm-hmm. Um, and throughout college, I did my internships in New York. My first internship was at the NBA um, when I realized I did not want to work in sports. Loved the company, but just realized that that wasn't what was for me. And then my second internship was at Vibe Magazine. And that's when I really realized I wanted to work in media and entertainment. Um, it, it, was a, it was a smaller company, so they, it was a lot of hands-on experience. The publisher at the time, the associate publisher and the publisher were both family graduates. So they really like brought me in and just let me um, really own a lot of different projects. Um, and then when I graduated from Florida A&M, I just decided to move to New York. I didn't have um, and I didn't have a job. I didn't have an internship. I just decided, look, I called my uncle. I was like, look, I'm, I really, really want to be in New York. Just book me a one way ticket and I'll figure it out. And then another friend of ours, um, Courtney, was already living there. So I just told her, I was like, look, let me live with you for 30 days, and I promise you I'm going to figure it out. So I had an interview for an internship, um, but it was unpaid. And my mother was like, girl, you get killing my pockets. Like, your your loans are about to kick in, and you want to move to New York without a job and an unpaid internship. Long story short, that position turned into a full-time position um, after, like, two weeks of me getting it. And then I stayed there for a couple of months, but I just realized that it just wasn't for me. It was actually kind of my dream job because I wanted to work in fashion and entertainment, but it just wasn't, the culture wasn't for me. So I left there. I was without a job for a little bit. My uncle kind of held me down and paying my rent and things like that. And then I just literally just went into American Apparel one day and was like, look, I'm looking for a position. I don't know what you have available. So I started as a sales associate. And to me, I I used to say that that was my, like my all time low or my bottom, because here I am, you know, with all of this great experience and I'm walking into a store and I'm working as a sales associate. But I really think that it brought me full circle and made me realize that, you know, things happen, right? Like you, you, you think you have your, your whole life figured out and you're going to have this dynamic job when you, when you graduate from college, but God has a different plan. And sometimes our tests set us up for our successes. 
Um, so I did the American Apparel thing for like two years. I became ended up becoming like the visual merchandiser of all of the New York stores. So I climbed the ladder pretty quickly. But um, I got to a point where I called my mom one night and I was like, Mom, look, like this is not what I thought I was going to be in New York doing. And I think I want to come home. And she told me, she's like, you know, just pray about it. And so the next morning, I get an email from Essence almost to the date, two years to the date that I like sent sent um, my resume to them and they're like can you come in for an interview so I go in for the interview and they're like oh we don't have anything full-time available but we have um, a three-month job available so I was like here we go again like I'm so and at this point I'm at American Apparel and I have benefits and all of that other stuff Um, and and I literally I called my uncle and I was like what do you think I should do he was like this is your shot like go in there and like just knock them out the park and it was a, a a job for PR, which I had never done before. And my mentor now, um, but she she was interviewing me at the time, Dana Baxter. She was like, have you ever done PR before? I was like, no, not necessarily, but I promise you that I can, I can figure this out and I can be good at it. And she was like, well, you come highly recommended um, from your job at Vibe. And so she gave me the job. And then three months turned into a year, a year turned into five years. And I was there for five years. Um, and then I just decided that there was, there was limited room for growth. Love the company, love essence. Um, but there was just limited room for growth because it's such a dynamic company. People don't leave. And so then I, I, um, I decided that I was going to reach out to a mentor that I had at at essence in Mill Wilbekin. And I was just like, look, I saw this availability at revolt media and TV. It's, it's, um, Sean Diddy Combs new startup network, television network. And I was like, I think that I think this would be a great fit for me. So then I gave my resume and the next day I got a call to come in for an interview. And I think that just everything's just, it's the power of your network. Like I've never actually inter- like actually like went online and applied for a job. Every time I've gotten a position it's because of who I've, who I've known. Um, and now I've been at Revolt for almost three years. I'm heading up PR and communications and I oversee everything that has to do with our programming, our events, um, I'm flying out this week to go to South by Southwest. We have a panel there. We have a party. Um, and so I'm just, I'm all things PR for the network um, and the brand. And it's just, it's an exciting time because television is changing and things are moving towards digital, but I'm just being, I'm a part of a company that I can help grow and, um, you know, implement different strategies from the, from the, the beginning. So it's exciting times. My God, I'm just listening <laughs> to this. And it's it's funny because obviously I know your story. I've known you for over a decade. And as you're just like going through this, I'm replaying all of these things in my head. You know, I think I was still in school when Chloe was. Um, I'm saying Chloe like you're not online. When you were <laughs> when you were already in New York, I was still at FAM. And I just remember thinking like, I have got to get there. Like she is not about to leave me down here. Like I have got to get to New York. So you were just such an instrumental part in me even thinking like that's possible. But when I'm listening to your story, it's just reminding me of how, you know, a lot of times we may not be fully equipped for certain roles in terms of technical um, background or maybe our resume doesn't align with certain things but one of the things that has been consistent with you and I know this from a personal standpoint is just like your extreme work ethic um Mm -hmm. even when we were in college you know whether you were volunteering with the Chicago club or just playing at parties at the house like you were one of those people that 
people look to and that they could depend on. And obviously relationships for you have been a huge part in your success. So where do you think that comes from? Do you think that's just kind of been your upbringing? You know, how can you, what are some advice that you have for people who, you know, are looking to build better relationships, but maybe just don't have that work ethic or never have had to really just shine in everything that they do? What is some advice you can give to people? You know, I think the most important thing that I tell anybody, like when I'm mentoring young women and everything, your personal brand, right? Your personal brand is something that you start to develop from the day that you're born. Like it's the qualities that you have, how you treat people, how you make them feel. And that's what's, what attracts people to you, you know? And I think what I've tried to do throughout my life and then once I decided like, oh, you know, where I was going my career was just stand out. Like if I always, I always had the, 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 the motto that I worked from nine until the job get, got done. So when I was an intern, I wasn't working from nine to five. I was nine until I didn't leave before my boss left. So at the time that that person would see that. And then when it's time to, you know, go to a place like Essence or like something like that, they would recommend me and, and just say, hey, reach out to this person. I know your work ethic. So I, 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 what I think is important is your personal brand, whether that be, and a lot of times, you know, it can sometimes it can be superficial things with the way whether it be the way you dress and I don't want to say it's superficial but the way you dress and how you speak but it's it's all like it's all the complete being the complete package right and that's being and the complete package is it differs for everybody it's just being authentically who you are and when you're like authentic in yourself people gravitate towards that right like you know me personally you know that like I'm like the life of the party like that's just who I am um but and I take that with me everywhere I go and I bring I bring positive energy and I think people gravitate towards that. But I think, you know, understanding how valuable your network is, is like the first step into becoming successful. I like to say, you know, who you who, you know, will get you in the door, what you know, will keep you there. And that your network is your net worth. Um, a lot of times you especially working in like entertainment um, and PR, there are so many people who are talented and want to do the things we do and work at the companies that I work, that I've worked for and work at. But the reality of it is, is that, you know, a lot of times you have to build a relationship with those people that can open the door for you um, because you have so many people trying to knock down a door. And I think that understanding the value of networking and your personal brand early on are like solid things that you should know when, when, when not just working in the, in the industry, but being an entrepreneur or, you know, just whatever you do, just understanding the value of your personal brand and being authentic to, to who you are. It just, it makes people appreciate you that much more and want to be around you and want to hire you and want to uplift you and want to see you win. So I think that's really important. Yeah. And so, okay. So when you started at Essence, like you said, you didn't really have any prior PR experience, but mm -hmm. then really excel in that role and then to go on and just you know a couple of years later now be completely directing this at such a large company um you know how do you how did you start to kind of learn this craft because I feel like it, you were almost like self-taught like on the job you know <laughs> and like when I anytime I'm trying to get into a new space I really take the time to learn my industry not necessarily because I studied it in school but just like really taking the extra step to make sure that I understand what the industry is how I can stand out so what are some tips that you can give people on maybe even specifically with NPR how did you get in there and learn the the craft behind the industry to to land this this major role with Diddy's company 
So for me, I think it's just, it's, you know, I've been blessed and fortunate enough to work for people who, who just like wanted to see me win. Um, and so for me, when I took the position with Essence, um, and I worked under Dana Baxter, I just would sit back and watch sometimes, you know, sometimes being still and just like kind of, you know, sit back, listen to what people are doing, watching what they're doing, watching how they do it, you know, like going, I would, I would go back in the files before I got there and read the press releases and see like, okay, this is, this is what type of, um, press, what type of messaging we're putting out and things like that. So studying your craft, but then also just sit back and watching. Um, and for me, I would also like, you know, go online and read different articles about like, you know, PR trends and things like that, and then implement them. And then also just being in meetings and speaking up. Like I, I, I remember um, when I first started, I would, I would go to meetings and I wouldn't say much. I just look. And then eventually just my personality being my personality, I'd be like, oh, I think we should do this. And I think we should do that. And then eventually I had a seat at the table where my boss would not, would sometimes not be able to make the meeting or not be able to make um, a certain appearance that our president was doing. And she'd be like, Chloe, you go ahead. Or Chloe, you do this. Or Chloe, you do that. And so just making sure that you, you sit back and you watch and you listen and watch people that are doing what you want to do and doing it, you know, and, 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 watching people that you wouldn't mind emulating what they're doing and asking mm -hmm. questions. You know, I think there is no such thing to me as a stupid question. Like I told my interns that all the time, because at the end of the day, if I don't ask then I don't, then I'm not knowledgeable and I don't know. Uh, and then I'm assuming, and then I can make a mistake. So I would constantly ask questions of like, how do I do this? What do I do in this situation? And even now, you know, being at revolt and, you know, being, being a young executive I still lean on my old boss at Essence sometimes and, and we'll call her and be like, hey, this is my situation. And she'll say to me, she'll challenge me. She'll say, well, what are you thinking you should do? And then I tell her, she was like, I think that she was like, I think you're spot on. You already have it. But just not always not feeling like, you know, everything and that you can't lean on someone else. Um, but, yeah, I, I still call her now and be like, OK, this is the situation that I'm in. And what do you what do you think? And she'll she'll ch challenge me back and be like, well, what do you think you should do? And then I'll tell her and then we'll. Nine times out of ten, she'll be like, "You're on, you're you're on part on point." Or she may say, "Well, that's great, but then you should also do this." Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's a part of it too, is just constantly surrounding yourself with mentors that you can lean on, um, that have been in the, have been in your industry longer than you can. And of course, things are changing, so you may do things differently. But just being able to to reach out to them and have those conversations those are those are crucial um, when navigating your career. Right. And I think that one of the things that um, people, you know, when people start emulating others, one of the things that I think is also important is even though you've seen someone do it and they're your mentors, it's kind of like you said, bringing that value to the table. You know, it's kind of like you, you know, you, you saw, but then you were able to put like a little Chloe sauce on mm -hmm. it. So, you know, when it comes to the creative side of your business or NPR and kind of just being like a thought leader or kind of bringing something new, like, what does that process look like for you? Like, how do you, because I feel like you're just a creative person in general, you know, like you got good style, you got a little <laughs> interior decorator in you, you know, like, so for people who, you know, maybe by trade or not PR, but just have like creative thoughts, what is that? that process look like when you're trying to roll out something new uh whether it's at work or in your hobbies like what does that creative process look like for you for me you know what a lot of it comes to me while I'm asleep it's so weird hmm. I'll wake up and I'm like I'll dream of something and I'll wake up 
And I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait to do that. But for me, it's just trying to be constantly be innovative, right? Like just trying to like push the needle and do things that are different and, um, you know, using your res- my resources and my network to make things happen. But for me to create a process is really like, I, I literally dream about it. I wake up and then I, I write it all down. And then when it's time to make it happen, it, I make it happen, right? Um, the good thing is, is that working for a company that's, um, you know, a startup, there's there's a foundation, but there's there's really no no there really is no foundation like this it's never been done before um so i can come to the table and say hey i came up with this amazing idea and they can't say well we did this 20 you know 20 years ago because that's not the case um and i again i loved working at essence but sometimes it would be that mentality if it's not broke then why fix it because it's been a company that's been around for so long so I do think working at a startup has allowed me to be more creative. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I'm just, I've, I've, I've been creative since I was a child, you know, like I, I remember um, I was so funny. I was with my grandmother and my mom the other day and they laughed about how, when I was in high school, I was making jerseys for all of everybody in high school. And I was charging like $75 a jersey. And all I was doing <laughs> was taking old, like I was taking basketball jerseys, turning them into like one sleeves and dresses. Then I started finding like, you know, uh, Gucci and Louis fabric on eBay and I would buy the fabric and then I would put the, put the fabric on the numbers. So I've just, I've been a creative and you know, my mom, she's a, she's a very accomplished seamstress. So I think the creative juices just run in my blood. Um, and it just comes to me. But then I also think that you have to look for things for, for inspiration, right? Like I can, I live in New York city. So I walk down the street and I'm inspired every day mm-hmm. and especially living in Harlem. Like I can walk down 125th and just like see like graffiti and just be like, Oh my God, like I'm going to do this, you know? Um, so using your surroundings, like sometimes it's just not, it may not come to you in your sleep. Sometimes you just got to walk around or sit in a park and just watch people, mm-hmm. you know, it just, it is, it's whatever works for you. But for me, I know it's just living in New York and I'm on a train some days and I'm like, something may spark me like a young a little girl um talking to having a conversation with her mother and it it can just spark something in me so it's just it's like also being aware of your surroundings I think helps my creative process as well Mm -hmm. now you know from the outside looking in working in PR living in New York I mean it's just all so glamorous you know like I think that it's so many of you all up there just killing it and a lot of us get to have a front row seat, obviously, from, like, social media, but, like, take us into just, like, a day in the life, okay? So, I mean, obviously, you've worked at these really glamorous jobs. You get to go to the Grammys, the Oscars. You're headed to South by Southwest. So, just, like, a typical day, maybe even a fun week. What does that look like for you? Um, Yeah, so, like, I'll tell you my, my week coming up. Um, so, I I go to the office on Monday, and then I have to prep um for South by we're doing an event there um and um uh, our my vice chairman Andre Harrell is doing a panel with Teddy Riley that I'm helping to curate um talking about New Jack Swing and things like that so that's happening that's happening while we're doing an event um on 6th Street so I have to leave our event I have to go to our event first make sure the photographer is good the shot list is, is great um, and, the, and make sure the step and repeat is good then pop over to that panel what's a what's a shot list so a shot list is essentially a shot list a shot list essentially is what our marketing team puts together and it's it's all of the images that they need to they need that I need the photographer to get 
um, so that when our marketing team goes back um, and puts the deck together for all the brand, the brands that have sold in, that have sold into the event, mm-hmm. they need to be able to say like, this is how we activate it with your dollars. This is what, you know, um, you pay for. And this is, these are pictures of it. These are pictures of the consumers, you know, interacting with your brands. Um, and so my photographer, I give her a shot list and she essentially goes down it. And then that only includes like the brand integrations. It, it includes images of, you know, talent on the stage performing. Like this year we have Wu-Tang that's headlining. It's their 25th anniversary um, and they're headlining. So I need to take those images as well and push them out to press to make sure that we get press for the event. Um, and so that shot list includes all of those images. And then I'll pop over to the actual official South by Southwest um, panels where Andre is and make sure that he's okay with his talking points, um, that he's he's okay with the conversation, that in any interviews that he has going on um, while he's there, that he's prepped for that and that he feels comfortable with that. And so once I come leave there, I'll go back to the event and it lasts until two o'clock in the morning and I'm there working all day, making sure that all of the talent, we get images of all of them, that um, our, our news team in-house gets the different interviews with the talent so that we can push it out after the fact. Um, and then I wake up the next morning on Thursday and I take all of those images and I push them, push them out to press with the post media alert, which essentially recaps the event um, and talks about like what happened, who performed, any highlights, if there was, you know, we received 20 something thousand RVPs. I'll plug that in there. Um, and then I just, you know, just just pitching and trying to get press all day. Um, and then from there, I'm actually staying in Austin. And this is the one of the perks of my job because I travel a lot. I, I a lot of times like, you know, if I'm in L.A., I can stay a little bit longer, hang out with friends. But my future sister and brother-in-law just purchased a home in Austin, so I'm going to make a trip out of it. And my fiancé is going to come down, and we're going to spend the rest of the weekend there. Um, so, yeah, that's that sounds like a lot. But even now, as I'm talking about it, I'm like, oh, my God, next week is going to be crazy. So, yeah, that's that's my week next week. But I mean, every day for me, I think, you know, what, what I enjoy about PR is that every day is different. No day is the same, you know, yeah. um, and that's what's enjoyable about what I do. Yeah, well, you actually um, are able to help me transition because I want to switch gears a little bit because, you know, what? how old are you about to be like 33, right? I mean, you are getting a little seasoned. No, I'm kidding. I look 23, though. Listen, listen, waste <laughs> on 20. No, I'm kidding. Um, but so, okay, this is, this is, this is so funny because last night I was feeling nostalgic and I decided to watch Sex in the City, the movie. And uh-huh. it was just so crazy because I was like so emotional and Prince was like, you are crazy. Cause I was like crying <laughs> and I was like, you don't even understand. Like I used to watch this in my Brooklyn apartment all the time, just like waiting for love to come. And like, now I'm sitting here like watching it with my husband and dancing with my son. <laughs> and I can't even believe like, this is my life. And so, you know, dating in New York City, obviously, you've been down that road. You were, you know, one of the things they said in the movie was like, every girl moves to New York for labels and love, right? Mm -hmm. So clearly, you know, you are just walking down the street looking like Carrie herself. You got this fabulous job. But I really want to talk about what, what that really looks like, you know, because I know for many people who are successful like you, especially Black women who are successful, um, trying to balance a personal life, trying to find someone to share the rest of their life with can sometimes be a daunting experience. You know, it can be a lot. (laughs) So how are you able to kind of balance life, dating, social life with this career? 
Um, so that so much so that you recently were able to, you know, find the man of your dreams in New York. Yeah, I think, you know, I think it's all about timing, right? Like you, I mean, look at you, like you, you're now married with two kids and I'm just getting engaged. And most of our friends are, are, are married with kids. And I think for me, it's about understanding where you are. A lot mm-hmm. of times we'll look around and be like, oh, my friends are doing this and my friends are doing that. And I'm not married. I'm not, I don't ha- even have a potential suitor, but it's also, it's about like owning where you are in your space and not comparing yourself to everybody else. Like, of course I was happy for you. And, and, and I mean, I'm the, I'm the godmother to your daughter. And so I, of course I'm happy for you and happy for like my, my other friends like Courtney and things like that. But it's also like not comparing yourself, understanding mm-hmm. like where you are in your space. Um, because, and then, girl, dating in New York is not easy. People Mm-mm. think it's because there's so many people here that, you know, it's just like you just going on going on a different day every day. But when you are women like us and you have standards and you don't you don't want to lower them for anything, you just it's patience, right? Like you know you you just I, there was a point where I was like, I'm not dating anybody. Like I'm I just don't want I just want to be by myself. Um, and you guys would get on me sometimes like, girl, like everybody is asking about you, like what is going on? And I'm like, you know what? I'm just not in that space right now. And just owning that space and knowing like when you're, when it's the right time for you to be out there is important. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just, I stepped back and I was like, look, I want to focus on my career. Like I don't want to date. Um, and I almost missed out on my future husband, husband because of that, because that was a point in time when he asked, he asked a mutual friend about me. And I was like, no, I'm good. I don't really want to date. I'm just, I'm good being by myself. And I will go take myself out to dinner and go to brunch with myself and just, but, but I, I think that that was good for me because I became one with myself. Cause I always tell people like, if you can't, if you can't spend time with yourself, how would you want, how would you, do you expect somebody else to, mm-hmm. um, and so, yeah, dating in New York was was not easy, but and then especially trying to climb the corporate ladder and then have time for a man. But I think what what is so great about Jose, my fiance, is that his work ethic is like on a thousand, you know, so finding somebody like that who gets it and understands like, OK, she's not going to always be at home. She's not going to always you know, cook me dinner or this, that, and other, but more so like, oh, when you go, when you go to South by, I'm going to come there too and support you. When you go to, um, you know, the Revolt Music Conference, I'm going to come and support you. So, you know, like, I mean, like you want to be your man's cheerleader, but then you also want him to be your cheerleader sometimes or your, your, your biggest fan, you know? And so being able to find a man who, you know, if I'm, if I'm unavailable for, 12 hours as I'm working my butt off he's not calling me like what you've been doing all day he's like babe you know go to the spa I, I I booked a massage for you at the hotel because I know you've been busy so I think that my patience um and looking for love paid off because I found somebody who just totally gets me and is on the same page as me but then also like wants to see me win like genuinely wants to see me win and girl I just think about it, I just get emotional sometimes because mm-hmm. it just you know Jesus, Alina, mm, it makes mm, cry. Mm, <laughs> but mm. you know, because you, 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 sometimes you, you, you date people and you just think that I'm never going to find anybody. And you know, I used to say that. I'm like, I'm not getting married. I'm not, you know, but in my heart of hearts, I wanted to, I just didn't want to settle. And so I'm glad I didn't because I ended up with someone who just totally gets me, but then also who I feel like I can build an empire with, you know, and that's important. Man. 
I think you just said a mouthful. You said a mouthful. And it's just, you know, it's one of those things where when I really look back at a lot of my friends and kind of where they are now, there was that moment right before Mr. Wright came along where we were just like alone, you know? And I think that to your point, you have to have that period where you are like good with Chloe, with Alina, mm-hmm. you know? And kind of that's what ended up beco- become, becoming attractive to men is that confidence of knowing like I'm good, you know, but at the same time, being able to find someone that's compatible, um, of course, is is just a beautiful thing. Um, you know, one of the things that a lot of people that I reached out to, because I, of course, you've been highly requested by my podcast listeners. And so <laughs> they, they were like, I want to just know how she met her fiance. So give us the, the quick and dirty of how you and Jose met. So uh, a coworker of mine who used to work at Revolt, um, and I think you may know him, but he he posted like a group picture of me, um, him, and like a few other coworkers on Instagram. And so he and Jose are are friends. And so when he posted it, Jose hit him up and was like, "Yo, who's the girl? Who's the girl in the you know in the photo?" And so he came over to me. He was like, "Yo, I got this. Like my boy. He's like he's into you. He's like this Dominican guy." And I'm like, "What? what you think so? Because he's Dominican, you think I'm gonna be into him? Like how does that work?" <laughs> so he's like, um, he shows me a picture. I was like, "He's cute, but you know what? I'm good." I was like, "You know, I just I'm really not looking to date right now." And he's like, "Are you sure?" I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "You know, I just really want to focus on me. Like I just took this, and I had just probably I think I had just kind of started at Revolt. Um, may have may have been there at like it's for like six months. I was like, I just took this position." I was like, I really just want to hone in on what I'm doing with my career right now. Fast forward maybe three months, I'm with that same coworker. He's like, Oh, I'm going to a friend's like happy hour for his birthday. You should you should hang. I'm like, okay, I'll go with you or whatever. Um, so we were sitting there and in in walks is the guy. And I look at my coworker, I was like, yo, who is that? And he was <laughs> like, Um, that's the guy that you said you were good on. I was like, Oh, really? And so <laughs> Um, Jose sits down. He is not checking for me at all. I guess because I like wasn't, you know, I, I had already said I was good. So he sits down, and then we um we start to talk. It was just everybody was small talking, and then we we go to another spot, and then it's like it's not as many people, so it's like you know a fewer of fewer of us at at forty forty, and we're watching basketball or whatever, and. He comes and sits next to me. We, I'm, I'm like, I think I might have been the only girl there at this point. So I'm like chatting it up. Meanwhile, like a few of his, a few of the other people there are like trying to holler. But I'm like, okay, what's we do? Like he's not gonna say nothing to me. I know I, you know, I dissed him, but was, you know, I'm just trying to see what's going on. But I'm like, you know, I'm gonna play it cute. So he comes <laughs> and sit next to me, and so we're talking, and I realized that we had a lot in common in terms of our backgrounds. Like he's from Brooklyn, um, and you know where he's where he was trying to go with his career and things like that. And so he's like chatting it up with me and he's just like, um, you should let me take you on a date. And I was like, it better be a good date. Like <laughs> inside, I'm like butterflies, like, oh my God, he asked me on a date, whatever. Um, and so that was like a Wednesday. And then I remember, it's so funny because I remember calling you that Friday before I went out with him, FaceTiming you and be like, girl, this is what I'm going to wear. You probably don't even remember that. I'm like, these are my options. Like, so what should I wear? And I ended up wearing this white jumpsuit because that's what you told me to wear. And I was like, oh, I'm going to put this little leather blazer on top of it or whatever. <laughs> um, and so we went out to dinner and then we went out to live music because I told him I love live music. And then, you know, the next day 
we we talked on the phone and then the next day we went out again and then the next day we went out again and the next day we went out again and then oh and then it it turned into we probably we, we probably went out with each other for like two weeks straight until Jose was like I don't know what kind of money you think I got but <laughs> um and so we we just it almost like we just fell into it you know like our relationship and it was just like we just became inseparable like you know I was at his place or he would be at my place or we would always be hanging out um and then you know that turned into what now two and a half years and he just asked me to marry him in November so yeah that's that's kind of how we met yes come (laughs) on Jose yeah I love it I love it so how's wedding planning going how's that faring with with career woman and traveling is is it is it stressing you out yet what do our future brides have for it to look to Girl, it is so stressful. I mean, the list thing is like, <laughs> you know, I text you all the time, like, well, how many people did you have? How much did you, what did you do for this? I think that, you know, well, I said yes to the dress. That was the first yes. thing. And I feel like doing that was, it took so much off of me because mm-hmm. I found myself all the time, like looking online at dresses, like making appointments and things like that. And it's a fun process. And I realized that now I'm like, I can't just walk past the store and go in and try on a wedding dress. Like this is the only time in your life that you can just go and try on a wedding dress. Like when you get married, you're just not walking in Kleinfields just because and trying on wedding right. dresses. Like this is the only time you can do that. Um, but yeah, now that that's out the way, um, now we're just, and we have a planner, which I, I highly, highly suggest anybody getting married if you can afford it to definitely have a planner because it takes so much off of me. Like, you know, she's, she's researching the venues coming back to us saying like, this is what we can do with this venue. This is what we can do with that venue. And it's taken a lot of our plates because we both travel a lot and are are Mm -hmm. dealing with our careers. Um, but it is a fun process because you know, you, you hope that this is the, the, the first and the last time you'll ever do this in life. Um, and then you just envision like the day of, of, you know, like getting married to your, you know, your soulmate. And so that, I think that's what takes the stress off. But girl, tr- trying to get a list down from like 320 people to mm-hmm. 150, it's like killing me. I'm just, just talking about it. The anxiety in my chest is like, seriously, like no joke. Yeah. Uh, but it's a fun process. That's funny. That's what you get for having so many friends and making so many great relationships. Girl, tell me about it. <laughs> so I actually have some questions that I'm just going to rattle off from um, some of my listeners who followed you. It's so funny because I even one of my younger cousins is like, yeah, your best friend, Chloe, she's like my BFF in my head. <laughs> um, so I think that, you know, with the power of social media, we are able to inspire so many people. But one of the reasons why I created this podcast was because, number one, sometimes we're constantly um, thinking that in order for us to do something or to strive for something, we need more than what we already have. When really Mm -hmm. everything that we need, we already got it, you know, like it's already on the inside. It's just really us kind of tuning into it. But Mm -hmm. I also like for my guests, you know, even though so many of my friends are successful to show that kind of element of real life in the sense of um, it not always being like peaches and cream, you know, Mm -hmm. so kind of on your journey to this beautiful life, you know, you have a great career, you're getting married, you're looking good, you're feeling good, beautiful apartment, you know, what were some of the biggest challenges that you um, that you dealt with kind of on your on your way? to where you are now you know just 
it's it's funny you ask it because growing up and we talk about this all the time like I've always been a very confident person it's just been instilled in me to the day from since the day that I was born like you know my family would call me a genius and I mean you meet other people and be like okay they're really geniuses but you start <laughs> to hone in on that and you believe it um but in my career like not having the PR experience you start to doubt yourself when you when you take a position and then you don't have that experience and you just be like am I doing this right am I good enough am I Am I making an impression? Am I leaving the mark that I should? Um, and what I've learned is like, don't doubt myself. Like as long as I put in the work and then I, I prepare myself for, you know, whatever I set my mind to, then I shouldn't doubt myself. Um, and I've just, and that came, and even now being at Revolt, like, you know, when I took the position, I was, I was, I was working for a VP. Um, I was reporting to a VP of communications. He left like three weeks while into the job. So here I am, I'm like, I came from being a coordinator to now essentially I'm standing in standing in the 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 footsteps walking in the footsteps I'm sorry as a v, of a VP and I'm like oh my god like I, w- I don't even know what I'm doing but the reality of it is, is I've been there three years now so I do I did know what I was doing I just was doubting myself because I didn't think that I was ready for it but I also believe like you know you God never puts more on you than you can handle. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, we we doubt ourselves. And girl, I don't mean to go there, but I got a word today at church. It was just like you got to level up. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like at the end of the day, you got to see you got to see yourself where God sees you. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you see yourself like you don't even see where what you're destined for yet, and He already knows it. And so I had to tell myself like, stop doubting yourself. Like believe in where you are and own it. Um, and that's what I, and once you own it, that confidence just comes out of nowhere and you like, well, how did I do that? Or how did I did that? Like you start patting yourself on the back. Like you had this all along, but you just have to stop doubting yourself. Um, and so every position that I would take, I would always feel like, am I supposed to be here? Like, am I good enough for this? I don't have the experience or, you know, I, and, and I had the experience all along. It was in me. I just did it. I had to, I had to own it and let, and let it, you know, come forward. So I would say that was one of the challenges in my career. was just like doubting myself. Yeah. Basically. And then, but just realizing that I, I, I own the power to do essentially everything that I wanted to do and that I had that confidence all alone. I needed to stop doubting myself. So mm-hmm. that was definitely something that I went through. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. So if we had to think about, you know, what leveling up looks like for you, where do you see yourself in the next five years? Um, In the next five years, I'm definitely going to, and I, I don't think that I'm manifesting this right now because I've had this conversation with like you and like Jose, but I don't think I've ever told people this, but I'm definitely going to have my own PR firm. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Like I, I think that, you know, and it's one of the things I admire about you, like entrepreneurship and just being able to like be your own boss and, and, and kind of, you know, put your own messaging out there and own, own p- different people's experiences. Um, and so I'm preparing myself right now, which is why I went from, working in magazine and TV because I want to essentially have all the PR experience from different industries. Um, but yeah, I want to, I want to own my own company. I want to be my own boss and I want to, you know, I want to be able to change people's lives um, using uh, PR as a vessel. So that is essentially what I want to do for sure in the next five years. Well, you know, 10 years ago, after I tried to get you to start it, but you were smarter. <laughs> Look, you were smarter than me. You were like, ma'am, I need experience first. I was like, you don't need no experience. I'll manage you. <laughs> I remember that. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. So somebody wants to know what is the most exciting thing in your life right now? 
the most exciting thing in my life um I would say like wedding planning like we talked about it but like it's so crazy because Girl, I'm engaged. I, I look down at <laughs> my hand all the time. Like, yeah, because that rock really is happen- bigger than your damn forehead. <laughs> Girl, I'm like, this is really happening. Like, you know, and it's just exciting. Like, even, even when I was in Chicago, like, going dress shopping with my mom and my aunt and my grandmother, like, you know, these are powerful women who raised me, and here they are watching me try on wedding dresses, and my grandmother side eyeing me like she does, talking about, I'm just looking. Um, <laughs> but this is exciting time because, you know, you 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 hope that that obviously this is going to be the the first and last time that you do it and i'm i'm confident that it will be and you know you just it's i don't know like i think about like just my having my friends there having you guys by my side and just marrying this man and having children with him and and raising them to like be you know to to be amazing people and leaving a legacy um and it's just all of all of the possibilities, right? Yeah. That comes with with marriage and comes with finding the right person. Like I just feel like this is just a new phase of my life, and it's just so exciting. And um, I just every moment of the day, I'm think I'm like texting Jose, like, "What do you think about this venue? Or what do you think about this? What do you think about that?" Um, and so it's just it's consum- it's consuming me, but it's it's the best consumption in the world, if that makes sense. Yeah. Have you done anything, or what are you doing to kind of prepare yourself for that next phase? Like, do you find yourself like reading certain books are you getting like more patient like I feel like we have a lot of women who are like in serious relationships you know we have some newlyweds and you know we talk about all the time but having someone else in your space and really becoming one with someone else it's just really a next level living because you have to be so selfless so what are some Mm -hmm. things that you're doing to really just um better yourself for you know who God has put in your life um, I think, you know, even today, like, obviously, I would say to anyone who's who's getting married to do like couples counseling and things like that. But I think that, you know, for me, I had to go from I had to realize that this is going from me to we and you know me like I've, I've definitely can be and I could definitely be all about me sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. And so as Jose walks in talking about mm-hmm. anyway, <laughs> <laughs> babe, I'm it is be quiet <laughs> sorry alina <laughs> lord <laughs> okay anyway um no but it's just definitely going from going from me to we um and understanding that it's not all about me now, you know, and being patient and listening to him. I think listening is the best tool ever. Um, and talking to people who are married, right? Like I think, and you, you probably know this better than anybody, like talking to older people who are married and, and not necessarily trying to emulate what they do, but just getting like sound advice because they've been there, they've done that, they've raised children, um, and they've gone through different phases, whether it be going from investing in property, buying a home with your, your spouse and things like that. Um, but just really understanding, like, what I need to be as a wife, you know, and, and what I need to be as and not, and not losing myself. Because a lot of times I think that's so important to say, because a lot of times we try to be like this amazing girlfriend and this amazing wife and then you but then you lose you're not authentic to who you are and you lose yourself so balancing that and just trying to be who I need to be to him and for him but then also being continuing to be who I need to be for myself um 
So I think I think that's very important. But yeah, that was the biggest challenge. Like for me, it was like because I had been single. I wasn't, you know, it was mm-hmm. just like so it was all about Chloe. And then you get this person that comes in and they're like, oh, like, you know, hey, I'm I'm your boyfriend or whatever. And growing up, like, you know, again, I grew up with a single mom. So I didn't necessarily see I saw my grandparents, you know, marriage, but I didn't necessarily see a woman, you know, with a man all the time. Like, that wasn't something that I saw. I saw my uncles, you know, married to their wives and things like that. But I had to teach myself, like, how to be a certain woman. But I also think that that was a, that was a great lesson for me to learn because I, I wasn't doing it based off of what, what I saw growing up. But sometimes can can be a good thing or a bad thing when, when, and when we as women try to emulate what our moms did. But for me, I had to teach myself, like, what kind of woman I wanted to be and what kind of wife I wanted to be and kind of pick up little pieces from from friends and 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 aunts and things like that. But I had to I had to essentially teach myself what I who I who I wanted to be. Basically. Right. Yeah, that's good. And I think that a lot of people need to hear that, you know, because so many of us can say, oh, I didn't see this in my at my household or, you know, maybe they didn't have experience, you know, before they got into a certain industry. But then at some point you have to pretty much say, well, who do I want to become? Mm-hmm. What do, what kind of woman do I want to be? You know, even if I'm single, what kind of person, you know, do I want to be able to bring to the table and really figure out what that looks like and then own that? You know, I think that one of the most beautiful things about watching your journey um, into this relationship is just watching how how, you know, at the end of the day, yes, we are, you know, strong black women, but when we <laughs> re- meet the right men, they bring out a, a, a side of us that just makes us even better, you yeah. know, because like you said, it can bring in qualities like humility, it can bring in qualities mm-hmm. like, you know, um, just being able to manage a household better, it'll be certain things about your personality that when you're with the right person, they compliment you. So you really look in the mirror and say, how can I be better for this person? You know, and I think that a lot of us even in relationships are still holding Holding on to old ways, you know, mm-hmm. maybe, oh, well, I was this or that before I got here. Okay, great. Well, yes, that's what attracted to me, attracted you to me. But in order for us to really contribute to relationships, and this is in the workplace, this is in group settings, friendships, it's like, how are you guys going to come together to really create even something even bigger and even more powerful, you know, by really letting other people compliment us? And so, I'm excited to see Chloe the wife, you know, and, and <laughs> Chloe the Chloe the mom, <laughs> you know. Um, and give me so, about give me about three more years on right, the mom, right. Um, so I'm excited about that. So I don't want to keep you much longer, but what I'm gonna do in this last question or so is just rattle off your fir- first thing that comes to mind in these next couple of questions, and we'll just like go through them really fast. So, who is your favorite rapper of all time? Jay-Z. Okay. Who is your favorite author or book that you've read? Um, that's a good one. Actually, this is this sounds so crazy, but uh Drew Ambrose wrote a book not like it was a long time ago. Um, and I forget the name of it, but it just really like it made me fall in love with like New York and it made me want to be here. And I think that that's part of the reason why I'm here. So yeah, I can't think of the name of it. I have to come back to you on it. Okay, book by Joan Ambrose. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, what's your favorite song? My favorite song, uh, it's it's actually I don't want to tell you because I'm getting married to it, and I don't want people to oh, feel my God. God. <laughs> That's such a Chloe answer. I'm not it's telling a Luther you Vandross. It's actually a Luther Vandross song, though. Okay. <laughs> what is your favorite website to shop on? 
ASOS girl, die hard ASOS. <laughs> die hard ASOS. Are, you, are you an affiliate with them yet? Girl, I need they need to start like sending me free stuff. I got engaged in that pink coat from ASOS. And when I tell you, people to this day are DMing me like the like they couldn't get the coat because it was sold out. But this this woman went and brought her daughter a coat like that from Zara and was like, Chloe, I finally found a coat like yours for my daughter. But yes. I ASOS love needs it. to pay me. <laughs> yes. They actually do have an affiliate program. I was looking at the other day and start. I was like, Chloe need to do this. Um, but anyways. Okay, so what's your favorite brunch spot? Um, my favorite brunch spot. I love, I mean, it's New York. Like I have so many, but I love chocolate, which is like around the corner for me. Um, they have their chicken and waffles are amazing and they have bottomless samosa. There's nothing like a place for brunch without bottomless samosa. <laughs> what is your perfect vacation? My perfect vacation is um anywhere with Jose that has like <laughs> blue water where you can almost like see right through it, the sun um blazing and where I'm skinny enough where I got abs. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, definitely a perfect <laughs> vacation with abs. Okay, so if you could leave my listeners one piece of advice, and this doesn't necessarily have to be like super serious, it could just mm-hmm. be like whatever you're feeling, you know, because a lot of times when people tune into theirs, they're, they're on their way to work, maybe they're coming home, and they're just like, oh, let me get a good word so I can really just like get into my own space, move, work, stay focused. Mm-hmm. What is a word that you could really leave with the Reminder Remedy listeners today? Um, I think, you know... I just, I think like being, just being authentic, like being who you are, like, you know, like I, if you know me, if if you know me personally, you know, I'm like one of the most like funniest people, craziest people to hang out with. And that's why people love me. Um, but then I'm also, you know, educated. I'm just a, a well-rounded person. And I think that being, being confident in who you are and owning who you are is just so important. And we, as women, we get on Instagram and we, we look on TV and we see all of these people that, you know, may have all of these different things. And then we, we lose sight of who we are and what we have and just appreciate it. But I think just be owning who you are, being authentic to who you are and appreciate what you have and not comparing yourself to other people. Like look, look at yourself in the mirror and just say like I I am enough you know Mm -hmm. like I think a lot of times we don't do that we don't do that as often as we should um and we let the media like tell us who who, what we're supposed to be how much we're supposed to weigh what we're supposed to look like and not own our true beauty like and not not appreciate like how God has created us um Mm -hmm. so I would I would just leave the word that like you are enough you are beautiful you are you know intelligent um and you you are you are a black woman who can conquer anything like we like black women are the root of to me civilization right um and so just just know that you are enough and that when you don't feel like you're you're enough looking just look at yourself in the mirror and just think about like that you are your ancestors wildest dream Oh my goodness. It's so I'm getting chills because you probably don't even know it, but that's exactly how Melissa ended her segment. We you, oh, really? you are enough. <laughs> and so I think that, you know, that that just is a word for people listening. Like we have to continuously put that in front of us. You know, look mm-hmm. at ourselves in the mirror. I was reading something earlier today um from Lisa Nichols and she 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 calls it her mirror activity, but it's literally looking in the mirror every single day 
and and showing yourself appreciation so that your subconscious believes it you know like not just so on the surface like oh yeah I'm this and that but you mm-hmm. really truly embrace that you were like created uniquely to be you and that that is enough you know you can't be anybody else and you will only thrive when you walk in your authentic purpose so thank you so much Chloe that was absolutely amazing I love you so much and I, I love you too you for getting on here all right guys have a good one bye-bye bye